Take your Bibles to John chapter 19, and also be finding Luke chapter 23. We're going to kind of be in two different chapters this morning. Before we get started, I want, to, I want you to help me out this morning. On the count of three, everybody in this room needs to say amen. Okay, so kids, say it. Adults, say it. Everybody say it. So I'm going to count to three, and everybody say amen. Okay, one, two, three. Amen. Thank you. That way, later when I talk to the boss... And he says, how was your sermon this morning? I'll be like, Dad, you will not even know. At one point in this sermon, everybody said, Amen. And so, you know, I might even get a raise or something. You, know, you never even know. Uh, so, uh, no, it's, it's an opportunity I do not take lightly to preach. And uh, I'm super excited about it. Uh, and, and if you will, just bear with me. Because, uh, uh, you know, I'm not very good at this and I'm new at it. So I don't have very much experience. So... We'll just get through it if you'll help me, okay? So we'll be in John chapter 19, and we're going to do something a little differently this morning. Um, I don't normally like reading a a huge portion of Scripture um, when I preach, because normally the the listeners uh, have a hard time kind of staying in tune. But I believe if there's one passage in the Bible where I think it would be uh, absolutely necessary, and I think that probably once a year, if you're a Christian and you don't read through this passage... um, You're not a very good Christian, to be honest with you. Um, And so we're going to read through this, John chapter 19, and we're going to read 30 verses. And I'm not saying uh, that you might not tune out occasionally, but I think if there's one story in the Bible that should hold your attention and captivate your mind, it should be this one. So we're going to read in John chapter 19, and we'll start in verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Picture, if you will, Jesus with his head held down. Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, 
Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place, the the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, Golgotha, where they crucified him, and two other with him on either side, one in Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray. Father, I love you so much, and Lord, it's, uh, uh, I'm so excited to be here, and it's such an opportunity, and Father, thank you for that. Now, Lord, I just pray that you'd use this sermon that I have no doubt that you've laid on my heart, and I know that uh, you can use this because your, your word teaches that it's the preaching of the cross that will convict and change, and Lord, I just pray that you would use this sermon, and it's in Christ's precious name I pray, amen. amen. Now, if you will find your place in Luke 23... We'll go on over there to Luke. And let me explain to you a little bit about how this message came about. Um, My dad mentioned to me maybe Thursday, he's like, Andrew, maybe be prepared to speak. And so I kind of started thinking then what I I would be preaching. I didn't know until Friday for sure that I would be preaching. Um, And so I... This may sound bad to you, but I had been thinking and meditating on what to preach. And until 8 o'clock last night... I had nothing. I, uh, normally I would look through the sermons that I already have written up. And uh, I did that. And I had one that was questionable. And I was like, it's not, it really doesn't fit what our church is going through right now. We have, you know, Missions Month, which is by far one of the coolest events at our church, I think. Because, I mean, what, what is the local church for if it's not to send missionaries out? Uh, and so I love Missions Month. Um, my dad's been preaching through this uh, series, What Makes Christianity So Special? Um, and uh, I, I didn't want to like, uh, steal his thunder. Okay. <laughs> That's what I almost said. I was like, 
so I even looked at uh, John chapter t- 10 and, and <laughs> still is thunder. Okay, Andrew, that's funny. Um, but John chapter 10, and I looked and, and I, I, I kind of researched a little bit. A little bit. And, and honestly, until 8.30 last night, I had nothing. I remember getting on my knees at, uh, at my couch and I remember praying and I said, God, I need you right now to give me something. And I don't know um, what it was, but the Lord just really laid the cross on my heart. Um, and probably because if you can't preach the cross, what can you preach? You know, if, you, if you're having trouble finding something, preach the cross is what they always said in Bible college. So that's what I'm doing this morning. Um, and it's funny, you know, you see the cross everywhere. You see it on jewelry. Um, every church, regardless of denomination, probably has a cross somewhere. And, and you see it everywhere. The cross is so important. Uh, and I remember going down the road with my dad the other day, and he was saying how he really enjoyed listening to this one group sing. Uh, just some music I gave him. And it's the Phillips family. He said they're probably his favorite group. And he said, Andrew, I just love the way they always sing about grace. It just all their songs are doctrinal and they're all about grace. And I was like, you know what, Dad? I, that's the reason I like them too. Just about every song has to do with grace or Jesus Christ. And, and then the conversation kind of led into, you know, Dad, I really believe that you can tell somebody's spiritual growth on how much they appreciate Jesus Christ and grace. How much do you appreciate the cross? Does it ever cross your mind? How much do you appreciate what Jesus Christ did for you? Let's take a look this morning at three people that I believe appreciate the cross. In in, in Luke chapter 23, and we'll start right here in, in verse 16. I believe the first person that appreciated the cross was the prisoner. Look in verse 16 of Luke chapter 23. This is uh, uh, the harmony of the Gospels. This is Luke's account of what took place. In verse 16, I will therefore chastise him and release him. That's Pilate. In verse 17, for of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. In verse 18, and they cried out all once saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city... And for murder was cast into the prison. In verse 25, the Bible says, And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Too often, I think, when we, when we picture Barabbas, it's, it's almost like we don't even picture a man that at once was a prisoner. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a fugitive. He wasn't on the run. He was in prison. And in fact, he was on death row of prison. And so I, I can picture it right now. Could you imagine being on death row? I, the mental stress that you would go through. I can't even begin to picture or imagine uh, the strain that, hey, you know exactly when you're going to die. But Barabbas did. And he had no hope. Until one day, through his cell window, he could hear a crowd of people yelling, Crucify him! Crucify him! And at this point, Barabbas didn't really know what was going on, I'm sure. I'm sure he just heard the the yells of the large crowd that was gathered out there with Jesus. And 
And I'm sure the, the noise died down. No, no more did he hear that. And as Barabbas sat in his cell, he realized that within just a few hours, he would be the one carrying his cross up to Calvary. In just a few moments, the prison guard would walk down his cell and escort him to his cross where he would eventually hang and die. And I'm sure as the prison guard walked down the, the aisle towards Barabbas' cell, he began to realize this is it. And as everything began to finally really set in, Barabbas began to sit there. And as the soldier began to place the key in his cell, Barabbas braced himself for the walk that he was about to endure. And as the soldier turned the key and opened the gate, the suspense must have been terrible. And it was at that moment that the soldier said, Barabbas, you are free to go. And Barabbas, so prepared for what was about to happen, was taken back. He thought he had heard the soldier say it, but he just sat there. And the soldier said, you have been replaced and you are free to go. You know, Barabbas really isn't that much different than we. Did you know one day that you had a death penalty? And at the very moment that you were born at your conception, you were born in sin. The Bible says, for as one man sin entered into the world, so death by sin passed upon all men. At the very moment of your conception, you were bound for death and eventually hell. And it wasn't until the day that Jesus stepped in your place. And he stepped in my place. And the soldier began to walk down our aisle. And we could hear his armor chattering. We could hear his sword clanking. And and everything began to be mentally prepared. We were going to die. Until he said, you are free to go. You have been replaced. Barabbas appreciated the cross. And while it may not have been for completely spiritual reasons, it saved his life. And friend, whether you appreciate the cross or not today, if you sit in this room and you claim to be saved, it saved your life as well. It saved my life. I remember when I was lost and I remember when I was on my way to hell. But that glorious day when Jesus Christ stepped in and took my place, I didn't deserve it. I was the murderer. I was the guilty one. But the sinless Lamb of God stepped into my place and replaced me. I don't know whether we appreciate the cross, Joshua Baptist Church. I would venture to say we don't appreciate it like we should. The glorious work of Jesus Christ that day replaced us. Friends, if you sit in this room and you're not sure whether you're saved, you don't have to live another day in that confusion. You don't have to live another second wondering whether or not you will be in heaven when you die. Jesus Christ already endured your death. He already endured your pain. He already endured all of it. Friend, you just believe on the name of Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You were replaced. We're replaced by the Lamb of God. 
took our sins away. We didn't deserve it. Barabbas was a murderer. You think about it. He was the worst one going to die that day. The other two were just thieves. He was, he was sedition. I looked the word up and it, it's causing uh, just a ruckus. He just caused commotion. And then he murdered someone. He was the one that was going to die that day. But Barabbas was replaced. And friend, I don't care if you sit in this room today and you say, Jesus Christ could never forgive me for what I've done. He replaced Barabbas. He took the the chains and the punishment of a murderer and placed them, them upon himself and said, I will replace you, Barabbas. You can go free. Barabbas appreciated the cross. The prisoner appreciated the cross. Secondly, look with me if you will. I hope not to keep you too long today. But the participant appreciated the cross. Look in verse 39 of this same chapter. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. This man was enduring the cross. And he was guilty. He admits it. He says, we are hanging up here for a reason. You know, and and as he was having conversation with Christ, he realized who was hanging beside him. And, And as he asks for forgiveness... Jesus is looking upon a man that is being punished for a good reason. Jesus is looking at a man and and he sees the blood coming out of him. But do you have compassion on many criminals? When you see the death punishment issued to a criminal, do you feel bad for him? Not normally. And as this man is being uh, 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 crucified for, for the wrongs that he had done, he looks at Jesus and he says, Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I know you're the Son of God. And, and he was saved that day. Amen. Imagine this, if you will. I know that Brother Jimmy Maple listens to the sermons that my dad preaches every Sunday. Because he's not able to be here. He's down at the bus ministry. Okay. So we'll see how much he uh, respects me. I'm about to use him in an illustration. And then if he talks to me about it, I'll know whether or not he listened to it. He might, oh, it's that young whippersnapper preaching. He'll turn me off or something. But say, Brother Jimmy, okay, we're setting up a hypothetical situation. You have been out on the town all night long, Saturday night. It's been a wonderful evening. You, your family, and some friends got together. Y'all, y'all ate a, a nice dinner. 
had good conversation. The kids acted well. And then even after it, you stopped off at Brahms and got ice cream. This has been a marvelous evening. And everything has been so good. And then you pull in your driveway and you see a pickup truck backed to your front door. Well, this is odd because you haven't ordered a repair on anything. So things are getting a little strange. You go into your house and you begin to look around and you notice some things are missing. We go into your back room and you see brother Jimmy Maple. And he is unplugging your TV and carrying it out into the back of his little car. Okay, I forgot Jimmy drives a car. So he, he could have rented a pickup truck or borrowed one, I guess. But, but for illustration's sake, he's in a car and he's got your things, okay? You're like, Brother Jimmy! Children's church needing some stuff? Is this going to show up on my tax return? Or So you call the cops. Brother Jimmy uh, is, is being loaded into the back of the cop car because, hey, he's guilty. You caught him in the act. He, he was stealing your things. And, and you put, he's, he's being placed in the back of the, the, pick, the, the cop car. And he says, yeah, I'm sorry. See you at church on Sunday. <laughs> not going to do it. I know this forgive and forget thing, but we're not going to be buddy-buddy now. You stole my things, you know. And you caught him in the act. Jesus Christ looked upon a man that was being punished for his crimes. Jesus saw this man at his very worst and had compassion on him. Did you know that Jesus Christ is just like the the Father and He's not bound by time? John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus Christ was there at creation. In fact, He was the one creating. It wasn't God the Father, it was the Word creating the, the earth. Everything you see, by Him all things consist. Jesus Christ was the one that created everything. And just like God the Father, He's eternal, but He is not bound by time. So Jesus Christ lives in the future. He lives in the past. He is everything, okay? So at the very moment that you bowed your head and you asked for forgiveness, He saw you at your worst. When you knelt down, And tears were streaming down your face. And you realized you needed help to get to heaven. And you couldn't do it on your own. At that very moment, Jesus Christ saw you at the altar just like He saw you committing sin. Jesus, it it wasn't an out of mind, out out of sight, out of mind experience. It was an insight still forgave us. Jesus Christ looked upon a man at his very worst and forgave him. And when you asked for forgiveness, Jesus Christ saw you at the very lowest point in your life and still had compassion on us. I don't know if you appreciate the cross, 
But I know the participant did. I know the man that hung on that cross that day have, had lived a life stealing things and now was being punished for crimes that he had rightfully deserved to be punished for. And as he hangs there, he realizes it's a long shot. But he looks at Jesus and says, Lord, will you remember me? Lord, I'm unworthy. But will you remember me? And at that very moment, God saw him at his worst and forgave him. Friend, when you bowed your head, God saw you at your worst. And if you're not saved today, God can forgive your worst. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. God's grace is so much greater than I could even begin to describe to you today. I'm not even going to try putting it into words. But friend, He loves you. And even when you disrespected and and disregarded all of His commandments, we still were forgiven by the glorious grace of God. I don't know whether you appreciate the cross today. But I know there's people in Brazil that will. I know there's people in Burleson that are looking for something. There's people in Cleburne and Joshua. And they need the cross. There's people all over this world. This is why I preach the cross. Because missions is the cross. The mission is sharing the cross. I don't know whether we appreciate the cross. But we were the participants. We were the one that Jesus Christ forgave at our very worst. I don't know if we appreciate the cross, but we should. Thirdly and finally, look with me. In verse 33, the persecutioners appreciate the cross. In verse 33 of this chapter, the Bible says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary... There they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. I couldn't, I've heard people describe crucifixion. And I've heard that it was the most barbaric way to die. I know for one thing, I want a quick death. But crucifixion is the most drawn out death that you could possibly ever have. You hang there in the sun with open wounds. Especially in Jesus' case, he had been beaten by the cat of nine tails. He had been punched, so he's bruising. I'm sure some kind of internal bleeding, you just don't know. But... The pain would be immense. And as Jesus hung on this cross, he felt pain that he had never felt before. Very few people probably have ever felt the amount of pain that Jesus Christ went through that day. And as he hung on the cross, uh, half 
halfway through, I'm sure the pain must have been unbearable. And that's all he could think about. But it was at this moment when Jesus Christ said the one thing that was on his mind. It wasn't that the the nails were hurting him. It wasn't that the wood was uh, just reopening all the wounds that were on his back. It wasn't, Lord, please send an angel down to minister unto me. It wasn't anything to do with pain. Instead, he looked in the faces of the people that were crucifying him. And he looked at them as they spit on him and yelled at him and said, King of the Jews! King of the Jews! And it was at this very moment as he looked in their faces and he said, forgive them. Don't help me. Forgive them. They need it, Lord. Forgive them. Did you know that it was our sin that put Him on the cross? That's why Jesus said, you you wouldn't have any power unless it was given to you from above. Jesus was going to the cross for my sin. He was going to the cross for you. My friend, we weren't alive at that time, but we very well may have been the person with the hammer. We may have very well been Pilate. We're the ones that need to wash our hands of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're guilty. Not the Jews. The Jews didn't hang him there. Jesus hung himself there for you and me. I don't know whether we appreciate the cross or not. But the persecutioners ought to. My friend, we're the persecutioners. We were the ones that sentenced Jesus Christ. We were the ones that drove the nails through his hands. That hung him there. Not only hung him there, but every time that we sinned before, we were the ones laughing at him and saying, Jesus Christ who? We were the ones that hung him there. Couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine having to forgive somebody at the very moment that they had hurt me. I read a story earlier, uh, just yesterday, about a, a young man named Bruce Goodrich. He went, attended Texas A&M University. And they were doing some initiating to get him through the cadet corps. And they were making him run. And as he was running, he, they just kept pushing him and kept pushing him. And Bruce fell over. But Bruce never got up. He died that day. And it was just a few days later that Bruce's dad wrote a letter saying this to Texas A&M University. I would like to take this opportunity to express the appreciation of my family and the great outpouring of concern and sympathy from Texas A&M University and the college community over the loss of our son, Bruce. We were deeply touched by the tribute paid to him in the battalion. 
We were particularly pleased to note that his Christian witness did not go unnoticed during his brief time on campus. I hope it will be some comfort to know that we harbor no ill will and end the matter. We know our God makes no mistakes. Bruce had an appointment with his Lord and is now secure in his celestial home. When the question is asked, why did this happen? Perhaps one will answer, so that many will consider where they will spend eternity. It's hard to forgive those people when they have just hurt you. And we admire this man, Bruce Goodrich's father. That he could just, within days of his son dying over, he could write those words and say, we harbor no ill will towards anybody. But at the very moment Jesus Christ hung on the cross, at the very, very, very moment, He looked in the faces of those that were crucifying Him and He said, forgive them. I don't know whether we appreciate the cross today. I know I don't appreciate appreciate it like I should. The work that was done on Calvary for God to send His only begotten Son to die on the cross for your and my sin, I don't understand it. Can't explain it. It's a marvelous work of grace that will never, ever, ever be matched. But He did it for you. And you may be sitting in this room today and you have no idea about this Jesus and why He would have died for you. He died especially for you. And He loves you. And you were the reason that He came. And you were the reason that He died. You are the reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth. It wasn't to teach. It wasn't to give us His Word. It was so that you could be saved. We fall short of God's glory so far. The bar of perfection is so high, and yet we fall so short of it. 1 John says, He who trespasses against the law in one point is guilty of all. Today, if you have sinned, and you have, Jesus died especially for you. And today, if you're a Christian, how about we start appreciating the cross just a little bit more? Because in every one of these points, we were the ones. We were the prisoner. We were the participant. The points aren't about Barabbas. The, point aren't, the points aren't about the malefactors or the, or the Jews. The points were you. The points were me. It might as well say Andrew Wolfenbarger, point one. And Andrew Wolfenbarger, point two. And Andrew Wolfenbarger, point three. Because they're all me. Jesus Christ came to the earth to replace me. He came to the earth to save me. And He came to the earth to forgive me. I don't know whether you appreciate the cross today or not. But you should. You should. 